People's careers is a big focus for us. How do you help your clients? How do we help our employees? How do we move forward? Like Careers matter. Careers matter for people. Okay, so here's a big thing about careers. Right? Mm-hmm. What title do you have? Are you asking me that question? Well, it's a general question. Actually, yeah, let me ask you, what is your title? Well, there's the ceremonial title, which is co-founder. Co-founder or co-founder. Which speaks nothing to skill or it means, vocation. It means nothing, right? It means that no, it means I have been knighted. It means your name's on the checking account. What I wanted to do, I went on LinkedIn, okay? And I looked up a bunch of different titles. Oh, shit. No, I know. And I want to throw them out because I want to sort of like, what's a people worry a lot about titles in a very abstract way. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to see if we can get in this conversation to some actual counsel and advice as to what your title should be. Yep. Here, let's throw one out. Chief Compliance Officer. How's that one? See, okay. Let's pause for a second and talk about the Chief Blank Officer. Okay. Okay. Let's let's break down the Chief Blank so Officer. So let's be, first of all, if it's GE, Chief Anything Officer is a big deal. Without a doubt. Right. So, I mean, it's GE. If it's a big it's like company. jet engines. Right. All right, right. So, But what if it's a little company? Let's say it's anything less than, let's say, 500 people. Doesn't... Go for it. You can have the chief blank officer. Okay. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Officer uh, carries a, a legal implication. Right. It, it, you are effectively vicariously liable to what the company does. Don't as you have an and you have like a specific relationship with the board? Like there is a yeah, there's, it's there's legal stuff around yeah. it, right? And then there's chief. You walk into a deli in New York City. Yeah. Chief, what can I get you? And that does happen. Chief boss is another one. Boss. Boss is I like same thing, boss. I like boss because chief actually doesn't go both ways, but you can call the guy behind the behind the counter. You can be like, yeah. hey boss, can you get me that coffee? It kind of does go both yeah, ways. Yeah, boss is a mutual respect thing. Right. So chief <laughs> Boss is a great... You never see that on a business card. No. Boss, comma, yeah. experience. Right. <laughs> Sir, so do you know what compliance is? Behaving. I mean, that's the thing. Chief compliance <laughs> officer, I'm assuming that just means you walk around and are like, oh. Are you kidding me with this? Susie, why? Why would you do that? A chief compliance... I mean, what is it? what do you think a chief compliance officer does? I'm assuming it's just like... Such a ninny, the chief oh, compliance officer. We told the yeah. I don't know what you do. You comply. There's no optimism coming out of that person. <laughs> also, they just have to comply with everything. Every like, right? do you have anything? What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, it's like I like uh, all kinds of music. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's everything. Yeah, I'm chief compliance officer. Yeah. Here's a title that mm. I thought was actually kind of tricky. Uh-huh. Owner. So like John Smith, owner. I'm from Brooklyn, dude. The owner is okay. Uh, hey, this is this is Dan. He owns the diner. Right. Like I'm cool with the owner. law firm. You're good with owner. Honestly, it's less pretentious than founder. Yeah, founder is actually that's true. That's true. It's more you know it's more it's less abstract. Founder kind of paper papers over the equity agreement, right? Yeah. Like founder is like oh, but really, really here for it everybody. Just also else. implies you founded a nation. It's like yeah. it's got bigger implications. Owner is like, this is mine. Yeah. I started it. I put my own money in it, and it's mine. All right. Let's try another one. Evangelist. 
This is bad. Yeah, this is where it is bad. So this so, was a real role for a while for technology, right? It was uh-huh. like, we're going to send, you'll be the chief evangelist for our platform and you'll go to events and meetups and companies. Yeah. And you'll sell. The thing well, is, it's not sell. You'll it was preach. Like, it was, you'd kind of sell to the media. It's like halfway between marketing and sales. Yes. It, think, it implies absolute loyalty though. That's right. I really believe in this thing. Yeah. I always felt it was a weird title. Like I think Guy Kawasaki was like the Apple evangelist for a while. See, yeah, like what? Yeah. So he would just go out and talk about how great Apple is. Yeah. You put him on stage. I mean, I'm trying to imagine a post-light evangelist. Yeah. We don't tend to hire evangelical types. They tend to be more questioning. <laughs> we tend to we tend to hire agnostics. Yeah. Um, Corporate agnostics. Why are we doing this again? Is a yeah. very sensible question here. But um, no, it's it's true. the The role of the true believer, I don't see it. It's still out there on yeah. LinkedIn, but I don't I don't see it as much as I used to. Interesting. Okay, okay, we're gonna go a little down, further down the hole. Entrepreneur oh. in residence. This is the shittiest title. <laughs> First off, I've met like three of them. No, it's always they're it's, exhausting. So basically, it's like I'm 24. I sold my startup. I have eight million dollars, but I'm not ready to re- get myself out of the paternal relationship I built with my VC. This is the thing. You found success. Like you figured it out. Why would you go back home to live with your parents? Because most of the people don't become EIRs. They sell their company and then they go buy 20 drones. And then they do like drone acrobatics right. for like eight months. They and kayak. They, and then they get into Bitcoin and right. they kayak. Yeah, right. it's like Bitcoin in the Grand Canyon. Right. And then they go to Southeast Asia and they do some skydiving and go to space. So it, it, these are the things that are normal when people sell. But then there's the people who are like, no, nah, I need to bring my ideas. Well, we're stereotyping, by the way. I'm sure there are very nice people who are... It's not even nice. EIRs, by the way. I've heard EIR. <laughs> EIR is rough. Here's one that I found really tricky. Self-employed. Uh, I like self-employed. It's honest. It's earnest. Because what will happen usually if you are self-employed, <laughs> most people will just spice it up so you have no idea what they are. It is true. They okay. just obfuscate it to to such an extreme level. And then you're like, what is this? And then they'll create the company, which is them. And they'll put themselves inside the company. And they are the reason that company is successful. Self-employed is like, I don't work for anyone. I don't want to pretend otherwise. Yeah, I don't want to pretend otherwise. I respect it, honestly. And you know what's tricky though is if you look, it's so the so the pattern that I think works best. If you look at LinkedIn titles, it's title at company, right? So I was right. looking at you know it's like I have I have a friend Jim Ailey work uh, I worked with him at Business Week, uh-huh. and Jim's title is deputy editor at Business Week. Okay, and you're just like I don't have any questions about. What this person is. It's clear. And so I think it's like the, the at Y is a, re, you know, the X at Y is a really good formulation if you're trying to break through or let people know what you're about. Yes. Self-employed is tricky. It could be, it should be self-employed something at first. You know, self-employed writer, self-employed designer. It should have more for sure. If it's just self-employed, yeah. I, mean, I also feel that people, you should probably give yourself a little bit of a rubric. Yeah. So let's say your name is, I don't know, Sally Wilcox, or I probably know someone named Sally Wilcox. So Sally Ziotti, I'll give her your last Fine. name. Fine. Sally Ziotti should be self-employed product manager at Sally Ziotti Enterprises. 
That's what it should say. That's what I think it should say. Oh, that's a that's a lot. There's I, a lot going on. I know, but if you see that, you'll be like, oh, I get it. You're self-employed. You want clarity. I want some clarity. I get what this person is about. They got their own thing going. They're seeing themselves as a business. You're going to interact with them kind of as a business. Yeah. So I just would say, like, having looked at several hundred titles and become an expert in this field in uh-huh. the last five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. that the X at Y is a good like formulation. I like do. That. I would suggest that if you want to appeal to me, Paul Ford. Uh-huh. Your name, you know, your title, so you can be self-employed. It's all good. But just yeah. give yourself a little bit of hustle on top of it. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, all right. How about just someone whose title is Operational Excellence? See, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I know it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, but it is, you get that business card and it's like, hi, I'm... What's the analog for operational There excellence? isn't. I mean, you're just... There's in- a, uh, what are you having for breakfast? Extra crispy. Yeah, that's that is brutal, right? That's exactly. It's just it's just a squeezy sponge. You're like, what? Does, what is nothing this? there. What do, you're you not. Know? I mean, I need well, something. I, to, I operate in an excellent fashion. What is what? the lo- is the logo? I think I remember one point. If you don't put your 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 headshot in the LinkedIn, it's like stars or yeah, like the Big yeah, Dipper yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. it's just so <laughs> like, abstract. What is operational excellence? The avatar. What is that? Ugh, what does it look like? It's just a gray circle. It's is it a gray just, circle? No, it's a star. It's, it's one It's gears star. fitting into each other. <laughs> All right, here's. right, let's go in a different direction. My name is Bob Samuels, and I am an entrepreneur. <sighs> you know what? I'm okay with that, I guess. Uh, it, it, you're saying you are a different type of person. You don't do jobs. I mean, you peer down for a second. Like, okay, well, what did you entrepreneur? That is the thing. I think like people need to be a little more specific about industry folk, like entrepreneur, you know, focused on X, entrepreneur yeah. focused on healthcare. Yeah. 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 I think this is a good piece of advice generally. LinkedIn flies under people's noses, man. It's just, it's all a blur. Well, you're always on a list with about 200 other people. You're a, it's a blur. So if you, if somebody's giving you the three seconds, yeah. they're willing to give you those three seconds. You got to really, the headline, Paul, you're a writer. How important is the headline? Oh, it's the most important thing. Most people, most people only read and or tweet. The headline. The headline, yeah. So nail your headline. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's got to be- Nail your headline. Give me, give me give more people in context. your headline before I move on. Well, and it's be a little user-centric, right? Like what would make somebody go, I need to talk to this person? Like what is that actual use case where you are going to be the most valuable person they could talk to and you mm-hmm. can then get value out of that? Right. It's not just job hunting. And it's right. not, never expect them to appreciate your genius. Never expect them to explore your genius because right. they don't even know that there's genius under there. Right. This is always the fantasy, right? Like you, you show up and you're like, oh, hey, you know, there's a black tarp over uh, over something. Who knows? Who knows what's under there? Yeah. Like, but it's me. <laughs> you know, you're, and, and most right. people walk by and they're like, wow, there's a bag of garbage on the street. Yeah. They don't know that there's genius underneath that. They're not going to sit there and pull it apart. So that's, <laughs> there's, but there's always that fantasy. Like oh, fall, they need to take the time to figure out what's under here. Right. And uh, that's a good way to sit at home for 10 years. <laughs> right. See, here's a tricky one. Customer success manager. All right. That's actually kind of clear. Okay. So I help the customers in my firm. Yeah. I manage a team of people or a process that helps the customers of my firm find success. Yeah. There's I a mean, better way to do that. I, I, hear, I hear support. 
Yeah. I hear support. Okay. When you say customer success manager, it's That's a shitty right. title, by the it way. It is. So it's, it's confusing. Like, You've done it to me again. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell you do. Yeah. And you came in with this nonsense. So you're out there. What do you want in a title? You want to grow in your you want to grow in your career. You want to be a better business person. You want to get more recognition. So first of all, I would say just a kind of functional clarity. Like I am a I am a my name is X. I do Y for organization Z. Yep. So there's that. So I'm Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder and also have some operational responsibilities yeah. at Postlight. Yeah. Co-founder is actually, you know, we've been talking shit. I mean, that's not helpful. Co-founder no. doesn't help, right? So really- Senior user experience designer at Postlight is, says a lot. Or I build partnerships at Postlight. That's good. Might indicate, because that indicates at least that you get in touch. Like it's, I'm here for you. I want to hear from you. Interesting. So you wrote a sentence. Maybe. That's sure. really bizarre. But that's LinkedIn. I'd like to introduce you to Paul. He is I build partnerships at Post. No, I mean that's then I'm co-founder on the business card. But LinkedIn is weird that way. People yeah. do that. People do there was one I saw, it was interested in building teams. That's the title? That see, it's not a title, it's a headline. It's tricky. It's tricky. Uh, I see that could be HR. That could be a really good manager that has excellent retention. That could be a lot of things. Confusing. All right. So let's talk a minute about like improving your title though. Do you, does it matter? Everybody always says titles don't matter, but then they always kind of matter. You're doing your LinkedIn. Let's get inside of that person who's doing their LinkedIn. You want to, it's a sell. LinkedIn is a sell. That's right. So right? you want the best possible title. Want the best possible. So if I can say senior or I can say tweak it in a way where it's not that tangible, right? It's not vice president because I can't lie about vice president. Right, right. But I can do things like lead is another ambiguous one. Sure. So you kind of like to you like to put a little spice on it. You know what you can it, do right? there. You can do like you can say experienced. Experienced is another good one. You know, so Very even good. you could even do like experienced junior designer. And I I appreciate people are going to do that, so do it. Yeah. That's fine. And then there's the actual profession. Right. Customer success is not a profession. No, that's true. Right? So what like, does grandpa do? Customer what does success. grandpa do? Right? Yeah. And evangelist actually kind of is decipherable. Well, I right? know an evangelist goes someplace and talks to people. It's, it's there. Right? Yeah. So senior evangelist. And then just tell me where you are. Comma. Common Chipotle. Sense. Common sense. What's the, what's the senior evangelist at Chipotle evangelizing? Uh, the Real fact part. that they don't have E. coli in there anymore. Yeah. All right. So that's be concrete, be honest, be clear. Commas, a little, give yourself a chance. Yeah. Give yourself a chance. You take the title they gave you, add a little color to it. And remember that we're going to look at it for about two seconds in a list with all the other names. And that you want to shine a little bit. And it's not us. We're not being, you know, egotistical here. You you just, nobody's, I mean, you give, everybody's giving everybody else two seconds. That's right. No, no. Accept I, that. I embrace think pe- it. People know that. People yeah. know that. Don't, but yeah. yeah, don't expect anyone to see the the light in, in your eyes. Can we give a bonus tip? Yeah, go. There's obviously the rest of your LinkedIn. Yeah. Please, please understand your own paragraphs. Just understand them. Don't make them these sort of weird, abstract indecipherable collections of sh- of just really what look like impressive words that don't mean anything. It's the worst thing. Well, all you want to know is what did this person actually do? What'd and if they do? operationalized a team to execute on a strategy, even if they did a great job of it, you need something. Yeah. You need something. It's just, yeah. I, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of, I operationalized the team to execute on a strategic vision in order right. to achieve the Delta right. 2019 
overall corporate reimagineering. And you're just like, don't, don't, I can't do that. Maybe I we can't. need to shut up, Paul. Uh, Maybe, I think what we're not realizing is that there's an economy here. There are people who actually write those that hire people that actually write trust those. Trust me, those people aren't listening to this podcast. That's a fair yeah, point. They're listening to like Stanford e-leaders from <laughs> Stanford e-leaders technology, not affiliated with Stanford University. <laughs> hey, Rich, it's the middle of the show. I've never done this before. Let's tell people about why they're here. Postlight is a New York-based digital product studio. We, At 101 Fifth Avenue. You love the address. Dude, Keep showing it of off. It. I never um, thought I'd have an office in Manhattan. That's awesome. Oh, whatever. I'm very proud of it. 101 <laughs> Fifth Avenue. If you told me when I was like 14, I'd be like, what? This isn't about you, Paul. It's about the amazingly talented designers, product leads, and engineers that assemble to build incredible platforms. God, they are good, actually. They're so damn good. I don't even mean it. Like They are genuinely, the team is this stable, smart group of individuals who are they're like, smart. They're let's true build to their software. Craft. They like yeah. to do it. They like the work. They like the work and they like to do it well, and uh, that's the guarantee, right? Like, and what's led? It's not. It's no uh, accident. Some amazing clients and some amazing work. Yeah. So for people who want to do it right, yes, once. And we are in technology. We should clarify. We yeah. build stuff. We build platforms, apps, APIs. Yep. You come web to us, apps. You come to us with a big idea. You're like, I need to build this thing. Come big. Bring yeah. them big. And then we'll say, all right, well, this is what it'll really take. Sometimes we say there's a little one that you could build, you could build a teeny tiny version of this and see if it works. Or you could go all out, build the whole big thing that's in your head. And we love it. The either big, way. meaty problems. Either way. Them. But we like, we both, we'll have that conversation either way. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the show. Okay. So, uh, Rich, we have a little segment that we like to go back to from time to time. It's about having strong opinions. Right. And it's called Can I Tell You? Because for people who don't know our podcast and our business, Rich will often, while you're like really working hard with your headphones on, he'll just come right up, tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, can I tell you? And then he'll say. And I'll just complain. What, what's it been the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I'm going to give you two. Two for one, Paul. Okay. I like good chocolate. Oh, boy, do you. No, no, I don't play games. No, I'm sorry. What's, plug- the, what's that company that you truly love, the Italian one? Uh, Amidai. Is that the one where you made me watch the video where they're playing Steely Dan and sniffing pieces of chocolate from a, from a goblet? Yes. Yes. And those people look very happy and very successful, by the way. I've had it. You know, when, when, when Rich gives you a piece of chocolate, first of all, if you chew it, you're an animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're going to put this in your mouth and not chew it. And then you'll come back like 10 minutes later. I'll still be sitting there with chocolate in my mouth like an idiot. And he's like, what are you doing? You're just sitting there with chocolate in your mouth? You've had it though, Paul. I'll give you some credit. It is spectacular. It is. Well, what happens is you put it in your mouth. and it, First of all, it has nothing to do with a candy-like experience. Don't say candy. Yeah, I called it a, I called your chocolate bars candy bars at one point. And you, nearly, you nearly punched me in the eye. Yeah. There's no milk in it, right? No, that's what's so exceptional about it, right? It's cocoa. It's cocoa, and it's just it tastes like butter. But that's again something you love. I do love it. That's not what can I tell you is about. White chocolate. What's wrong with white chocolate? It's not chocolate. Well, so what? It's just white sugar brickle or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's really bad. Just call it solid taffy or something. Don't call it chocolate. I, I think you need to. Hershey's is to blame. They're full of shit with their like support the local. Milk farmers, 
Did I ever And they're tell to you? blame for this. I think they came out with white chocolate with like bits of Oreo, I think, is their, yeah. their flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually a little tasty. Sure. Just don't call it chocolate. Did I ever tell you about my relationship with Hershey? You were born on one of the farms? No. The Hershey Chocolate Company, or Herco, for many, many years, and it's the dynamics are really tricky, but they fund entirely a, I think, 1,200-person school for children ages 4 to 17. I think that school has all the money. The school does. There's a trust that owns a vast amount of Herco. Right. And the trust exists to fund the school. This is all set up by Milton Snavely Hershey in the okay. early 1900s. Right. So that school that he founded, I went to for two years. It's a school, it's a philanthropic organization for what are known as, and this is an awkward term, social orphans. People who kind of either don't have parents who are fa- or have fallen on relatively hard times. Which you did. I did. I went there for a couple of years and it's a complicated place. It's a tricky place, but I'm very, very grateful for the time that I spent there. Well, and you know what? They're pumping out good people. E.G. Paul Ford. There you go. There you go. So but, I'm, a, I'm, a Mil- I'm a Milton Hershey School graduate. It's hard for me, even though I understand the criticism of the chocolate. To hear this. I know that the that Italian chocolate is not funding a school filled with social orphans. No, 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 no. It's funding the like Malioni family. Yeah, that's exactly and vi- right. And they're like villa. Yeah, they also have a vineyard, right? And a vineyard that they don't care much about. Anyway, so I didn't mean to take white chocolate into it. You turned it positive, but whatever. I mean, white chocolate, it's white candy, which is fine. Chocolate is a lovely thing. It shouldn't be tarnished with, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be misleading people about chocolate. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to complain about this week? I'm in the middle of contracts. Some contracts. So white chocolate and contracts are the things that are upsetting you? Yeah. Unrelated. (laughs) I think contracts, I've come to realize that contracts are nonsense. No, no, I don't mean like, oh, they're stupid. Contracts are stupid. Lawyers are stupid. I actually mean even the contracts that firm up a relationship between two people are pretty much nonsense. Because if things go south, that contract is too flimsy to hold it together ever. Well, really, then doesn't it kind of become guidance for arbitration at some point? Like then the judge picks it up. Potentially. Yeah, and goes like, all right, well, you know, when you sign this, this is what you said. Yeah. And so. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, Every single, oh, did you get the contract? You can't start work before the contract. Yeah. And the truth is this. First off, you can start work. That's called a relationship. Yeah. Second, no contract doesn't have a, a parachute that can end it very and, quickly. Yeah, usually 30 days. Yeah. So the bigger the company, the more the lawyers, and the, the slower it is to get a contract. It's it's very hard for corporations to move quickly. And then they're like, please, please, God, can we get started? And you go, well, normally we'd sign a contract. And they go, okay, that's going to be 90 days. Correct. It's, so, it's a whole world. It is a whole world. Anyway, contracts are necessary. I get it. You got to sign your lease to be in the house. But even that. Like, let's say your lease runs out in New York City. You're supposed to leave, but you keep paying rent. It is nearly impossible to get you out of the house if you keep paying rent. Oh, I, it's I, very, very hard. I lived without a lease in an apartment for like six years. For years, yeah. it's quite common here, which, which is, again, falls back to the relationship between the landlord and the tenant there yeah. uh, and whatnot. But I, you know what it is? I think I... I, I I, it, we are in a position where we deal with relationships and have to codify those relationships into a What's also, they're nullable. And, There's things like bankruptcy that can basically take all of that, you know, that Verizon user agreement. Yeah, they're just going to forget about it's you. It's going to get forgotten. 
Yeah, I mean, we should have probably a whole episode on bankruptcy. That would be that would be great, but not about us. The, <laughs> we'll complain uh, about bankruptcy. What everyone's finding is that it's incredibly hard to encode contracts as code, right? Because human beings just don't work that way, right? There's no like we actually want the room to continue to negotiate and discuss. It is inevitable, even is after inevitable. the contract signed. If you keep going back to clause six a one, yeah, you will destroy the relationship. You will destroy it. The thing exists in the first place for mutual benefit. I get money from you. You stay in my apartment, right? If I go back to clause 6A1 because you didn't take the garbage out and put it in the front, therefore, I'm going to ask you for an extra $50, right? Because it's in the contract. You just destroyed actually something far more durable than the actual contract. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know, one of the things I remember you being surprised by was I, I told you that all book contracts, the books are always late. Yes. Well, I, I'm late on a book, but other people I know are late on a book. And we had Alan Burdick on the podcast at one point writing a book about productivity that was like either five or seven years late. Yeah, it was about time. Yeah, and he spent all the time. Like, <laughs> he was like, I'm going to create a pr- great productivity system in order to write this book and then never wrote the book. <laughs> and so good. what it actually does is create an implied relationship in which the, the deadline sails by, but the publisher is like, mm-hmm. Right. Nope, you're That's under right. contract. That's exactly and so you, right. you remain in that relationship, but even though you're in violation in a real way of the the thing that is there in words, there's a cultural understanding. There was a point, and I can't remember which, but it was a big publishing house started to call its contracts back, and the entire industry lost its mind. It was actually like a cultural thing. Like you can't I bet. you can't ask for that money back. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a speculative gamble. Yep. And so there are norms around that stuff, right? Be kind and love each other. Yeah, that's really... And then you can have the contract as a formality, but be kind and love each other. That's our message. That's our message. That's Well, let's leave on that. A perfect, Paul. Okay. Optimism. Hello at postlight.com. That's how you get in touch with us. That's really all you need to know. Really is. We like It couldn't be easier. It's got that friendly hello at... Yeah, we like right. to answer questions. People get in touch. We actually usually reply and are like, well, mm-hmm. what about this? Got some good ideas for future podcasts. Somebody just asked me about intranets today and I wrote them a nice reply. Intranets are kind of dead. We should talk about it. Well, we will talk about it in the future. Yeah, so I, I told her, I was like, don't build anything. Yeah. Just go buy Who some intranet as a service and call them a day. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, you know, that's it. Hello at postlight.com. Have a lovely week, all. Bye. Bye.